Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. I appreciate all your support. 
appreciate all your prayers. Appreciate everything, man. We're we're really growing, and I appreciate the ratings are showing that we are doing a good job, and I appreciate you for that. Um, we cannot continue to do what we do on this show without your listener, you the listener, and your support. And we hope that you would continue to do so. And uh, we want you to know that you're helping us to be a blessing, and you can help us uh, continue to do so. Drop, drop us a line, drop us an email, drop us a comment. That helps us uh, see how we can better serve this uh, radio show and get it together. All right, before we go any further, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And um, before we go into the broadcast, Father, we thank you. We praise you. This is a day that you have made. We've gone through the winter weather. Some of us are still there, but most of us are experiencing a break from the winter storm. And we want to say thank you, God. We thank you. It's a Monday. It's a new week. It's a new month. And we praise you, God. We pray, God, that your choices, blessings will be upon us. And we do ask that you will forgive us of all of our sins because we've sinned against you, thy word and deed, against your divine majesty. And we just thank you. Your grace is sufficient. We thank you. Your compassions are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness to us. As we go into this broadcast, open and enlighten our hearts and minds to better know you in the liberty that you have given us through Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. Well, the big game has come and gone. Super Bowl 45. Pittsburgh went down. Pittsburgh went down. <laughs> I, I I could talk because I wasn't a fan of either one particularly, but I had a great time. I had some guests over yesterday. We we shared uh uh in a little Super Bowl celebration, and I I just had a wonderful time. But um 45. Super Bowl 45, you had the Green Bay Packers coming out victoriously. 31 to 25, I think that's what the score was. So, uh, And it's interesting, you know, it's kind of like a Sydney Wireless story. Uh, they weren't expected to get as far as they did, but they did. And uh, their, their quarterback did what one quarter, their most treasured quarterback couldn't do, and that is get them to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. So uh gotta commend I think what is his Agent Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. Uh gotta commend him for for taking a leadership role and getting him there. But of course, you know, if I did pull for any team it would have been for the black and yellow. And that song has been in my head, I don't know why, but the black and yellow and I, I told you on the last broadcast why I admire uh coach Mike Tomlin of the Steelers. Um particularly one being that he was the youngest person to win the Super Bowl and that he is the youngest African-American to win the Super Bowl. And he's, you know, if he would have won yesterday, he would have been the second, the youngest to win twice. But his dedication to his team is really proven for, uh, you know, and I, I say that he has made history, you know, not becoming, not first, but again, you know, just showing that we are still making history in black history. But, uh, I don't know about you. I was kind of disappointed by the commercials yesterday. They did not, they just didn't sink well. They sucked to me. Now, there were a couple after, you know, during the second half when the game was really good, <laughs> when the Pittsburghs were coming back and, you know, we thought they had a chance of winning. Um, it doesn't sound like I'm biased now, doesn't it? It sounds like I'm rooting, I was really rooting for Pittsburgh, but, but I really wasn't. I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, commercials. Most people watch the game for the commercials and the halftime performances. And in my opinion, not that it matters, but in my opinion, neither one was good. Of course, I did like, uh, I think, uh, the Usher kid, when he came out, he did a little, he did, he leaped over somebody and did a split. And I was like, okay, little boy got moves. Of course, he can dance. But there wasn't much, you know. I did like the colors of the show. They had a nice little light. Light show. I felt like I was back at a laser light show from the eighties when you know you had those. Well, yes, I digress. Let me let me get off. Don't let me get off track here. But um, I, I was disappointed by the commercials. And maybe you weren't, but hey, they got to make money somehow. But there were a few that were good, and and I'm quite sure that a lot of people will be talking about those commercials over the water cooler today, and probably for the rest of the week. But hey. Uh, what I did like and um, I did catch a little bit of was the interview with 
President uh, Barack Obama and Bill O'Reilly uh, doing the pregame show. And um, it was very interesting, and I, I got to admit, President Obama held his own in the midst of what uh, some people thought would be a very tense moment. Uh, it was really casual and candid, and uh, the president looked calm and cool, but he's always calm and cool. You know, you got to respect that brother. He is one cool, collected brother. Uh, even under the most pressure, you know, he comes across as one who is just uh, maybe he had a couple of smokes before. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you know, he handled himself well in that interview, and he is coming across as a centrist. But um, we don't really know what he is, but we are know we do know that he's making political moves, and he's going with what he thinks the public wants. And I guess he's a good politician. We will know. Time will reveal uh, his presidency. But you know, those are just two things in addition to all the other crap that's going on, and not crap, but, you know, with Egypt, all those things that's going on in Egypt. Uh, and I, I can't really understand, uh, I, I don't really understand the tension, you know, in Egypt. I'm not going to try to understand. I know people want to be free, and I know uh, I, I can understand that they feel that they're in a uh, a bad regime. But but got to understand, this guy has been the American ally for 30 years, give or take, do you know how much secrets he has on the, you know, <laughs> how much he knows about what we've done as a country in the Middle East that uh, he probably is withholding, which is a good thing, but, you know, I had to take a sip of water there. But we'll never know. I, I will continue to pray for the peace of the Middle East. I read, uh, I read somewhere online, I was just skimming, uh, just doing some surfing and and uh, somebody, somebody alleged that this could lead to World War Three, Armageddon, and yada yada yada. Uh, I'm not trying to get that deep into it, but but uh, I do realize that we are seeing history in the making, an uprising and, and a turnover of government in a non-democratic way. And we didn't have to start a war to do it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Listen, we got a great show today. Uh, I want to talk about a black still disinherited. Uh, and um, before I get to that, I had a lot of comments from uh, last week, so we're going to really revisit last week's topics about uh, black preachers, uh, black preaching, the black preaching voice, prophetic or pathetic. We're going to revisit that because I uh, got a lot of comments about that. And as, uh, um, you know, I, I was trying to find a way to address that, and I found a very bit, a wonderful video, uh, a video clip, an uh, audio clip. That I think will address that. So we're going to uh, we're going to take a break, and when we take this break, when we we're going to take a break, when we come back from this break, on the other side of the break, we will go to recap of be back right up. you like to see in printed book form? Do you have a book idea that you help putting it together? Are you an inspiring author looking to publish your own works? The Zero Publishing Company is what you have been looking for. Since 2004, Zero has been helping aspiring authors bring their ideas to life. We are a self-publishing and author consulting company dedicated to sewing and growing your ideas into print. Our rates are reasonable and our service is excellent. For more information, visit www.zerapublishing.webs.com. Sewing and growing your ideas in the print. We are Zera Publishing Company, a limited liability company. Hi, may I help you? Yes, uh, I hear Progressive has lots of discounts on car insurance. Can I get in on that? Are you a safe driver? Yes. Discount. Hi, may I help you? Yes, uh, I hear Progressive has lots of discounts on car insurance. Can I get in on that? 
Are you a safe driver? Yes. Discount. Do you own a home? Yes. Discount. Are you going to buy online? Yes. Discount. <laughs> Isn't getting discounts great? Yes. There's no discount for agreeing with me. Yeah, I got carried away. It happens to me all the time. Helping you save money. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. Hello, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality play or two just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James Version. Neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow, uh, those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, well, nothing, I guess. I don't know, I, I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork. Oh. All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, we want to thank you for joining us today, uh, uh, this Monday morning. And uh, we got a good show. I, I'm really looking forward to the, the discussion. And I want you to join us for the discussion. Call us in on our line at 917-388-4293. Again, the chat room is open at blogtalkradio.com. Join us in the Block Talk Radio. Um, and we're going to have a great discussion. But uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about uh, blacks disinherited, uh, blacks still disinherited. But before we get into that, uh had some comments yesterday, I mean last week, about um, – my uh, topic last week, and um, I, w I was really trying to find a way to address that, uh, and the, the the basically was uh, the, the comment was that um, the reason black black preaching is messed up today is because uh, there are a lot of people who are uh, you know too educated, too trained, and they're not relying on they're not they're not they're not uh, relying on the anointing to be prophetic and um, and um and of course this person was speaking from a a Pentecostal slash uh slant when it came to prophetic, you know, things of that nature. And and I'm gonna tell you like a uh, like this. You know, I, I preaching is my passion. I've been preaching over twenty years, I've been in ministry over twenty years. And um I'm gonna put it to you like one of my bishops used to say, I've been trained in head, heart and hand to preach the gospel. Head means my intellect. I I had, you know, trained in my intellect. Uh, I've always been kind of a nerd anyway, so uh, in my heart is for service and hand for service, you know, going to school to do the work and learn the work. But, uh, you know, a lot of people still uh, think that's kind of kind of uh, out of it, but, you know, that's their opinion. But I, I found an interesting clip uh, with uh, Bishop Paul Morton Sr., who is the presiding bishop of the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship, and uh, the Reverend Dr. James Cohn, who is a professor at Union Theological Seminary in, in New York, uh, they were they shared the platform at uh, one of Tavis Smiley's events. You know, he did he did the State of the Black uh, Union and the State of the Black Church and uh, one of the State of the Black Churches uh, uh, seminars or whatever he did. You know, he had them. I think it's from 2004. Uh, had Bishop Morton and uh, Dr. Cohn, and they were on here. And I found this clip, and I want to share you this clip. But let, let, let me preface this by saying I've shared the I've had the privilege of sharing the platform with both of these men during my ministry, and I have a great deal of respect for both of them. I, uh, when I was at, going to school at Dillard University in New Orleans, I, I had that you know I had the privilege of attending uh, Bishop Borden's church, Greater St. Stephen, in uh, Uptown New Orleans. And also down on the east location of Reed, uh, and and 
when I was in seminary and pastoring in Arkansas, I had the opportunity to share countless times with uh, uh, both the Jones brothers, both the Cone brothers, uh, Dr. James Cone and Dr. Cecil Cone, and I have a lot of their books in my library, partially because they are AME preachers. But uh, I have a great deal of respect for them. Uh, but uh, this church, this clip I'm about to play for you addresses the issue of mind over spirit. Yeah. You know, it, where what is more what is more important? What do we need in the black church? Do we need more of the mind or more of the spirit? And and both these men give great insight, uh, great insight into this. So I'm going to play this clip for you, and when we. After the clip is done, we're going to come back and we'll have some discussion about it. All right, here we go. That's why I think that we have to go back when we say what's wrong with the church. I believe either we go too far to the right or we go too far to the left. And this is what happens. We become so spiritual that we're no earthly good anymore. Just Jesus, 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 and just Jesus, 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 and that's it. And it can't be that. And then on the other hand, because we try to please people so much with the mind, and that's why we're out of divine order, and divine order is spirit over the mind. But what's happening today, we have the mind over the spirit, so consequently, we get a lot of fleshly people just who want to operate in the mind, so our messages have to always be on money, 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 and how you're going to get money instead of balancing it out. There has to be a balance in everything that we do. So we have to come back into the divine order of God. And there's some people who don't like that. They don't like the divine order of God, spirit over the mind. But that's been a problem from the beginning. With Adam and Eve, that was the problem. There were two trees in the garden. One was the tree of life, and the other was the tree of, 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 of good and evil, the knowledge that you could get from the mind. So what did man do? He went to the tree of knowledge to the mind first you can't go to the mind first it's got to be spirit over the mind so consequently because we have spiritual influence that we're supposed to use wisely and if you're led by the spirit and and and, and what what happens so much politics come into the church that we don't even care who leads us anymore you can't do it through the spirit then it, it's not going to be done right anyhow. And God has not placed us there to be dictators, but he has placed us there to be spiritual leaders. And if you're that kind of spiritual leader, then your influence will carry Many of us have moved into places that we thought was never possible. And so we are, we are, we, ha we do kind of have, many of us, a kind of obvious success. We do. And I think we get confused with that success. And uh, I think we, we have a lot of spirit in our churches. I'm not just sure whose spirit it is. in our churches. You see, I think the black church is very good at producing people who can proclaim, who can preach, who can really entertain. And we have done that well. In fact, we have, I think it would be fair to say, we have produced the greatest preachers in the world. 
That is, we have produced people who can really say the word, their word. But what we have not done is we have not really kept our people to know what the gospel is, to think on it, to reflect on it, and to be able to understand what challenges this gospel places before us in the world in which we live. The world is not easy to understand with all of the list of problems going on in the, that you indicated. We need a thinking church. We don't only need a praying church. I'm for that. But I'm also for a thinking church because Jesus told us to love God with our heart, soul, and mind. Don't forget about mine now. We got to love God with our mind. And so I don't like it when, you know, we, we, I don't like it when we denigrate the mind. See, theology is, is loving God with your mind. And I think if we could get the collection of us like we have on this stage here, we could get us together where we're not on TV, but we're in a closed circle room where nobody knows we're meeting there. And we get our minds together. And we learn how to learn from each other. I think we would begin to make our way toward the solution to some of the problems that you outlined before us today. My, my business difficulty that it's hard to get us together. Uh, unless we are on stage. Dr. Cone and um, 
and Bishop Morton says, we've lost the mind. Uh, we want to, we, we want, what, what did Paul write to Tim, Timothy? He said there are people who have itching ears, and uh, unfortunately, that's what we have in this, in this society today. We have a lot of people with itching ears who just want to hear stuff, and it doesn't matter what the stuff is, they're going to hear it, and if you say what they don't like, they will just flip the channel, <laughs> stop sending you money, or whatever it may be. They'll get their way somehow. And uh, unfortunately, I think we've sold out a little bit. And I, I know what it's like to sell out because you want to be, you want to be trendy, um, you want to be contemporary. And you know what gets? I'm, I'm going to say this, and then you know, I, we're going to another break. Uh, I, I'm just going to say this. I, I don't like when preachers, black or white, I don't like when they try to be trendy. You know, you lose, you use the the latest stuff. And, and now, mind you, there's a place for that because I know that sometimes I borrow from uh, the titles of radio song, you know, songs to use as a title of my sub of my sermon, you know, to catch attention and things of that nature. That, there's nothing wrong with that because you know you want to get your audience's attention. But at the same time, I'm talking about you know building your whole you, you know, branding. I, that's what I'm trying to say. Branding. You know, you have your brand. Uh, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, uh, there's no branded gospel. There should not be a branded preacher. But in our time today, you know, you need to have your own brand. You don't want nobody uh, stealing from you or stealing you or impersonating you or whatever it may be. So you got your own brand. You know, nobody can do this but me. And there are a lot of preachers who are, uh, you know, they're trademarking themselves, they're branding themselves. And it has contributed different uh it has been very bad to um to the black church but again uh and notice how dr cone says that um you know it's all about appearance it's all about stage it's all about you know what we're doing to be seen to be heard but not to hear from god and to speak for god and uh, you notice what he said uh, there's a lot of good preaching going on, but it's just what they want to preach, not what God wants them to preach. <laughs> a lot. Uh, we have some of the greatest, the world's greatest preachers, as he said. But again, uh, it is, you know, it's not about us; it's about God. And the more we, the, the more we begin to just focus on ourselves, the more challenging it becomes for the people to see Christ instead of seeing us. But I just wanted to share that clip with you uh, again. Join in the chat line, chat room. Uh, we're having a great discussion in the chat room. You can join in and help us out. Call in, 917-388-4293. I would love to hear from you because I know some of you got some insight. And even if you don't, you know, just say hello. Hey, I'm listening. <laughs> and if you missed the live broadcast, don't worry about it. You can always catch the uh, archive broadcast on blogtalkradio.com, or you can go onto our website, uh, Lorenzo Neal, com, and you can catch the archive broadcast and leave some information, you know, leave your comments there. Send us a, uh, send us a an email, let us know what we're doing, how we're doing, uh, pastorlorenzoneal at gmail.com, all of that. So when we, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back from this break, we will be talking, are uh, blacks still disinherited? And I tell you, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, so, hey, get your get to, get to your phone, call in, get to your uh, emails, send us a message, join the chat room, because uh, we want to hear from you. I think this is going to be a great, great, great discussion, and we want to hear your insight. All right, we're going to take a quick break. If we can get our computer to work, we will come back. Uh, but if not, oh, well. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> Technology, you got to love it. While we're trying to get this together, uh, join us in the chat room. I have Razula Mann, uh, from, uh He's in the chat room and we, a couple other guests. We want to thank you guys for sharing uh, your insight. Uh, and if you can, get on. Get into the chat room. Uh, and this is, this is, live radio is something else. Uh, again, just to, uh, those of you who didn't know, uh, we want to invite you to get a copy of our book, A Breach in the Family. Uh, it is available on Amazon.com. 
You can get it um, at Amazon.com. You can go to uh, uh, com and you can uh, order it from there. If you order from that site, it's $12. If you order from anywhere else, more than likely it's going to be about uh, 16 bucks. So um, get it either way. Any way you get it, get it. <laughs> All right. Take this break. We'll be right back. Fighting to not pay taxes, 
when they got their independence in 1776, when they got their independence, the people who were here, us in particular, our, our people, uh, African Americans, uh, you know, they considered us only one-eighth a person. So, you know, we have come a mighty long way. But the question is, are we still disinherited? Uh, some of us never got, a lot of us never got our 40 acres in a mule. Uh, <laughs> a mule? Uh, it sounds funny when I say it. Uh, a lot of us, uh, well, what's sad to say is that a lot of us, uh, a lot of our ancestors left great things. They left land. They left, you know, houses. And we sold it. We gave it away. We we didn't see any use for it. And, and now, you know, we're, we're struggling to stay afloat. We have not, very little to leave the next generation. And I'm talking about myself, too. Uh, we have very little. We have a lot to show for as far as material gain and possession. But we have very little to show for where we have come from. And then on top of that, um, we are still facing uphill battles to find acceptance. And I'm not talking about the kind of acceptance that we found during the civil rights or after the civil rights uh, movement reached the peak, its peak and got a lot of things, uh, laws passed and uh, things changed for African Americans. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we're still disenfranchised. We're, this is how we are. It's like we are, we're in a uh, we're in a society, but we are not a part of the society. And uh, it, what amazes me is that we have more. We 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 generate more income to spend. We spend like crazy. You know, they show us a brand, we're gonna get it. They show us uh, some item that they say we need, we're gonna get it. It's amazing to me. You know. We have uh, just in the African American community, we have a, a GDP, gross domestic product, uh, percentage of that equal to uh, Germany, uh, Greece. Yeah, well, Greece is not a good example, <laughs> but uh, we we still have a lot of going. Now, I want to share a clip with you that presses this with me. Um, the new governor of Ohio. Um, has you know he's been elected he's he's gotten into office but um, his cabinet his his whole cabinet is entirely white and of course that 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 did bring up a lot of bad blood with some folk and the black caucus addressed him and they had a meeting and um, and based on the results of the meeting uh, he said I don't need your people I'm, matter of fact I'm going to play the clip. Um, so that you could hear uh, uh, one of the uh, representatives of the Black Caucus for the state of Arkansas. I mean, uh, Ohio, not Arkansas. Let me get my facts straight here. And listen to what she says. This is, um, let me get her name right. Um, now, see, I, I found all my stuff, and it's all messed up. Well, let me go ahead and play this clip, and I, I'll get the name Later, you guys forgive me about this. So disorganized. But today, in 2011, it feels more like 1811 in the state of Ohio under a governor who just does not get it. Governor, if you need help, 
we can help you. And he said, and I quote, I don't need your people. Now, as an African-American, I was kind of perplexed about, I don't need your people. I wasn't quite sure whether or not he was referring to my people as in my ethnic group people or my people as in the 350,000 constituents that I serve in this state who represent all ethnic groups, all religious groups. I didn't understand what I'm not going to hire your people mean. All right, that was, oh, my goodness, this thing is acting up again. Uh, that was a representative from the Ohio uh, Black Caucus uh, speaking to uh, the media after addressing Governor Kasich's um, appointment of all white cabinet members. And I just uh, just found out that he has appointed one black cabinet member uh, out of 22. And here's the thing. This hasn't happened since 1862 that has been an all-white an all-white um, black an all-white caucus. I mean, all-white cabinet for a governor. Um, so it, it is uh, it's an amazing thing that um, it took that to get it to happen. But the question is, is it still, I mean, what's the reality? The reality is that there are still plenty of people who are disenfranchising, and this is both in the political and the social arena. And in the social arena, of course, people don't want to admit it, but we, you know, blacks are blacks are so far out of proportion in a lot of things in the social area. When it comes to health care, uh again we're we're high rates of all types you know the highest killers heart disease uh diabetes and uh cancers of all kinds you know we have the highest we have the highest rates both in the black male and black female educationally we are lacking education there's a great gap educationally between performance and white students and black students and there is of course uh when it comes to technology there's also a gap. Now, let me preface that. There's a gap in, you know, having access to Internet and broadband services among African Americans. There ain't a gap in technology. We got cell phones galore. We can we can access the Internet through cell phones, and we can ask, we have PlayStation, Xboxes, Wii's, and all that stuff. We, we got the technology, but when it comes to uh, utilizing the technology to build us up socially, uh, that's where we're lacking. We're missing it. Um, we are the question is are we still disinherited disenfranchised uh i draw this thought from uh reverend dr howard thurman in 1949 he uh, wrote a book uh, just a little small book called jesus and the disinherited and uh dr thurman uh was one of the mentors to uh dr martin luther king he and uh dr king's father were they were classmates at, at Morehouse. They were uh, friends, great friends. And when he was teaching at uh, at, the sem- at uh, Boston, uh, where Dr. King went to do his uh, graduate studies, he took him and uh, most Dr. King's friends took them in as as uh, prodigies, and he he shared quite a bit. But uh, he was uh, Dr. Thurman was kind of radical for his day when it came to uh, racial relations, and in his book. Um, he talks about this uh a different identity of Jesus, uh the identity of one who is uh who is a he's not only aware of the disinherited and the disenfranchised, but he acknowledges them and embraces them. And that contradicted uh the contemporary Christianity, you know, because, you know, it promulgated the social gospel and things of that nature and is for some people it was borderline communism and socialism. Uh, it, it, and it really didn't make much of a difference to him as he worked to co-found his church, uh, the, one of the first interracial churches in America. But when you think about it, we 
we we're still disenfranchised in so many levels. We we're still disinherited in so many levels that it's a shame to us. And uh, I, I put it this way as a I put it as an identity crisis. And the reason I say it's an identity crisis is because we have uh, as young blacks. Now, I'm speaking of myself as part of this. We we really don't have any kind of ideal, uh, idealized view of what we should aspire to because, you know, well, the younger children, the younger generation looking to athletes and to musicians or hip-hop artists and things of that nature, and that's who they're identifying. I, I kind of get tired of little pe- people trying to imitate Lil Wayne, you know, rapping and all of that stuff, the, the dreads and nothing wrong. Believe me, I'm not, not knocking him. I'm just saying that these kids are, are trying to emulate him and even, you know, He's had such an influence on, on on the current rap world that everybody's trying to sound like him too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at least y'all forgive me for that. Uh, but but that's a, that's a very sad reality, and the sad reality is that they have nothing, you know, nothing beyond that to look to, uh, because again, they don't feel a part. They don't feel a full part of the world, and because they don't feel a full part of the world, they don't actively engage the world. If they do engage the world, nine times out of ten, it's in a negative way because they feel that if they engage the world in a negative way, then they would get the positive attention from their peers, you know, their their social group, and it actually works against what they want, you know, because it causes, you know, some people, some of them it causes jail time, some of them it causes um, uh, injuries and soul and body and spirit. But there, there's, there's, there's a, a, a change that needs to happen in the black community so that we won't feel disinherited. Now, listening to her, you know, to, to, to the lady who was speaking, you heard her say that she wasn't sure if the governor was talking about a race or her political affiliation. But what she she was sure of was that he had no real efforts. He had put forth no real effort to make this uh, make his government diverse. Even among well qualified persons of color, he decided that he was going to go with his own thing. And and and. Several other interviews, you know, he justified. He said, "Not that I don't, not that I don't want uh, people of race, a uh, different race of color, on my cabinet. It's just that I think I got the right qualified ones who just happen to be white." And um, I'm gonna tell you this, you know, in 2008, the black turn, the black vote turnout was phenomenal. About 96 percent of black people went out to the polls and voted, and they voted for Barack Obama and just about everybody who was on that ticket at that time. They just went down the line, um, and we saw a great victory. In 2010, when again it was midterm elections, and another, another, um, a lot more was at stake on the line for the House and the Senate. There was only a Eight to ten percent turnout for voters of, of color, black voters. So, are we disinherited, or are we disinheriting ourselves because we didn't participate? And now you see uh, what's turning events with uh, the House and the Congress, and the Senate. The reality is that if we're, if we're disenfranchised, if we're disinherited, we're doing it ourselves. We can't blame it on the white folk anymore. You know, we we can't we can't say that the white folk are uh, leaving us, leaving us out. We can't say that the white folk are not giving us uh, a chance to do anything because we've got it. Now the only problem is we are messing it up. Think about it. How many of our, uh, how many of our families are really strongly emphasizing that our children go to college or take college courses in high school? Uh, you know, we still, uh, at least in the environment that I am, is still kind of. You know, Sean to be smart, which I think is a very bad thing. But there's several. You know, that's just the way it is for some people. Um, what do we have to offer to our young people? What do we have to offer to our, our seniors who, who, you know, they fought in the wars, Vietnam, World War Two. They sacrificed to give us where we are. They marched in the streets. They were attacked. They were beat. Some were, you know, some were lynched. Some were just right out murdered. 
because they wanted a better play, a better future for us. And those people, though they were they were disinherited, they were cut out. And I, you know, they were cut out completely from the promised land of America, the dream, you know, American dream. They they weren't able to get it, but they made they created their own. They created their own American dream. They did it in Harlem. They did it in Tulsa. They did it in Memphis. They did it in, in, in Jackson. They did it in New Orleans. They you know, they created their own their their own American dream. They prospered. They owned banks. They owned insurance companies. You know, they they built the churches. They they started schools in, in the church that became colleges that exist today. You know, they did that. They built mighty denominations. You know, things of that nature. And now it is our turn. But we have all but cut ourselves out. You know what? I'm gonna put it this way. You know, I was young. And when I was a young preacher, I used to say, I don't like tradition. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I hate going to churches that's traditional because traditional churches are boring and dead and they don't have anything to offer me because we don't do anything. I, I've, I've learned to embrace traditional churches more than anything else now. You're probably wondering what is the traditional, blah, 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 can't talk. A traditional church have to do with being disinherited or disenfranchised. Well, here's the thing. One thing about the traditional church and that most churches are lacking today is that connection to the past that sets the future and projects I mean sets the present and projects the future. That connection to the past is what we did that got us here helps us sustain where we are now that will push us into where we can be in the future. And I think we're losing that. In our communities today Matter of fact I'm quite sure that we are losing it I'm quite sure that So many people are uh, Neglecting uh, What they what they have Because they don't see Anything for the future And in that sense Yeah you are disinherited Because you're not leaving anything You're not leaving a legacy uh, God promised that he would You know if you're faithful to him He's going to be loyal to you Up to a thousand generations And and good man leaves a uh, you know leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children and so forth and so on. We are disinherited, but we're not disinherited because of what happened in our past. We got that. We got the freedom that we wanted. We got the integration that we wanted. We got all the stuff that we wanted. But now, where are we? We are lost because we have nothing to leave except for an empty dream. And that wasn't just Dr. King's dream. You know, I'm talking about the dreams of those, all those who went on before us. The sad thing is, is what are we going to do? What are we going to do once it's over with? You know, what are we going to see? What are our young people going to see? Are they going to be willing to to think about it and and uh, and get on the ball and to break this this mindset of I got mine, you get yours, and I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to leave you anything, because uh, that's that's kind of like a dominating mind. And in some places, you know, it's not that they can't do it. It's just that they don't have the resources to do it. So, are we disinherited? Yeah, I would say that we are disinherited, but only because of our own self, not because of what we don't have, and not because of what we didn't have. Since I do Gotta get away, away from all the bones and 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.